Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hello, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. I'm Angela Yeager with Employment First. Today, we will be talking with Keith Ozels and Tony DePeel from Oregon's Vocational Rehabilitation Program about pre-employment transition services. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thanks. Thank you. So, Keith and Tony, first, can you both tell me your title and what you do with vocational rehabilitation? Sure. Uh, Thanks for having us, Angela. Uh, My name is Keith Ozels, and I'm the Workforce and Youth Manager with Vocational Rehabilitation. And my role is to oversee the transition programs in the in in vocational rehabilitation and there's lots and lots of partnerships that uh, are involved with that and then I, I have a whole bunch of other programs that I manage but I think um, talking about pre-ets it's really about that transition piece okay great Tony yes and my position as um, with vocational rehabilitation is a pre-employment transition coordinator and my focus area is Portland Metro and I go all the way as far west into Astoria and as far east over to Hood River. So my focus area is pretty large. Clackamas, Multnomah, and Washington counties also. Need help planning your road to work? Go to roadtowork.oregon.gov and create your customized course to a job using available services and supports. That's roadtowork with the number two, .oregon.gov. So we keep hearing the word pre-ETS, and we know we love acronyms here at the state government. So tell me, what does pre-ETS stand for exactly? Yeah, and we gotta we we do need to you know say it out. So the 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 acronym is pre-employment transition services, and that is a new group of services. It's not just one, but it is five specific services that VR can provide to students with disabilities. And those five services are job exploration and counseling. That's sort of helping students think about what types of jobs are available in their community. And if they have a specific job that they're already interested in, helping them identify some of the, uh, maybe some of the training or education that's required to get that job. And then we can also help them think about what does that job pay? We can help them think about where are those jobs located? Maybe they need to think about, um, you know, moving. If, if that's the job that they want, then maybe they, we need to help them identify where those job openings are at. The second one is work-based learning experiences. Um, That one's really important because evidence shows through research that if a student has a work experience and especially a paid work experience before they leave the school setting, they're much more likely to get a job soon after they they graduate or leave the school setting. The third pre-employment transition service is counseling on opportunities for enrollment in higher education. That can be counseling on how to go to like a welding school or how to go to a community college or even a four-year college. And it's really talking to the students about what are the uh, what are the differences between high school and and that that you know community college or, or the the four year college because there is differences. I mean, we, we we found that you know students who have a disability they need to understand what their disability is, and then they need to be able to go into an office for students with disabilities and and really request that because in that setting that's where it is the requirement on the individual and the family and other supports to go in and request those services. So that could be accommodations or other things. So that's that's what the counseling is. And how does that differ, Keith, from traditional school counseling that a student would receive? 
Yeah, well, I, I think in some ways it's um, it's you know you could say that it's responsive to their their needs and the disability needs that they might have. So really helping them identify what those needs are, how to request them and advocate for them in the higher education setting. And I think that in some ways it's very similar. You know, sometimes it's it's talking to a student about what their likes, their interests, what their you know what they want to get out of that that higher education. So really helping connect them to it. So it's not completely different, but it's um, it's very specialized in that sense. Great. And you had two more, I believe. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the last two, uh, the the fourth one is workplace readiness, and that comes in many different shapes and forms. People call that essential skills for the 20th century workforce. They talk about it as, you know, um, as soft skills. But really, what it is, it's it's getting students prepared to be successful in a place of employment. So we have general expectations for students in a in a school setting. But that's slightly different from what we'll see in an employment setting. So we're talking to students about how do you um, how do you act with your supervisors? How do you act with your peers that are on the job? How do you you know how do you dress? How do you um, take care of you know hygienic issues like you know how do you you know comb your hair or how do you um, do you know how do you make sure that you're wearing the the work site appropriate attire if that's you know shoes with steel toes or if it's like you know if you work in a setting where you have a uniform just helping them understand that but then it's many other things besides that it's also um, how do you even get to the job on time so some of that can be reverse engineering their schedule and being able to set their clock in the morning so they can get up Mm -hmm. in time to get to the bus stop to get on the bus how do you plan the route to get to the the work site and everything in between wow and then the last one is instruction and self-advocacy. And that's a that's a huge one where individuals with disabilities, it really benefits them if they understand how that disability impacts their life and what is helping them become successful. If it's an accommodation, if it's, you know, uh, if it's accessing other resources like um, it could be developmental disability services and being able to get long ongoing supports, many things like that. So it's really helping the individuals understand their disability and how they can um, articulate what their needs are and be able to, uh, yeah, advocate for them. Are you a special education teacher or transition specialist in Oregon? Want to stay up on the latest news, policies, and trends impacting employment services for people with developmental disabilities? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Experts from the Youth Transition Program, Pre-Employment Transition Services, and the Oregon Department of Education are featured in this podcast, along with educators and students. Tune in. Great. I think we've sort of answered the question of what pre-ETS is, so I'd like to move on to why it's important. Why is vocational rehabilitation focused on these pre-employment transition services right now? So I think... I, what my answer is on that is it really is the core of what we need to do to be successful in life. These pre-employment transition services help the individual to look at their future and gauge what they want to do and then look for their success. And it takes a while to get to where you want to be, but when you learn and keep learning and add these different um, categories the different five priets to your little toolbox, you're ready and you can go and learn and be successful. 
Yeah, all the things you're describing, knowing how to be ready to work, how to be on time to work, get ready, you know, uh, get ready for work in the morning, dress appropriately, and then the work experiences. All those things play into someone being able to be successful in the workforce eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the the biggest um, reasons why it's important is because we can start earlier. We can start with individuals as young as 14 years old. I mean, usually it, it, that's that's the the population that is starting to consider what it means to work and, and to think about their future. So we can help young people really start to think about what is um, is possible for them. You know, many times I think that people with disabilities don't consider employment as an option. And I think that's I think that's uh, something that we're changing with starting earlier with students, getting them to to reconsider what are the options in their life. So I think that that's a that's very important. So you mentioned this is for students with disabilities. So I'm curious, how does pre-employment transition services interact with employment first and specifically impact people with intellectual and developmental disabilities? Yeah, um, well, so in the broad sense, these pre-employment transition services are a service that are available to students with disabilities age 14 to 21. So the key part of that is that they're students, so they have to be in school. Now that can be in a secondary school, like in a high school, they could be in a transition program. They could even be at a college setting if they're under 21 years old. So um, we can provide these services and at the, the, the coordination with Employment First, I think that what we're doing is we're having our local teams understand that these are some smaller interventions that we can provide students with intellectual and developmental disabilities that help them starting to consider what some of the options are in the future. So many times we, we talk about just discovering what their skills and their, you know, what their interests are. And, and I think that this is one small way to, to start that process. Right. And employment first, we always tell, you know, parents, families, individuals, it's never too early to start talking no. about work. So this is really kind of yeah. part of that. And every little opportunity that they are able to get into or to see, even to, you know, what I used to tell students, when you do a field trip, you don't only just see it, you smell it, you may even taste it. And it might be something that doesn't work out for you. And that's just as important as knowing what you want to do. And then if you have the time, you know, and you start thinking about it at that younger age, you're going to have more time to make those decisions and not feel the pressure of like, oh, no, I got to make it now because I'm done with school and you're not ready. So mm-hmm. the idea is that you take that time and you start working at it little by little. So a student doesn't have to be in vocational rehabilitation services to access pre-ETS. Is that correct? That is. And that's that's a huge change for us because in the past, we would have to take an application, which can be a longer process for an individual. But with the pre-ETS, we can actually work with somebody who is just a student, age 14 to 21, and they need to have a documented disability. And we can work with students to um, to get them uh, the information about that, students and families. So um, one of the, the really, uh, I think, the benefits of these pre-ETs is that it's a way to sort of start learning about vocational rehabilitation without actually going into that application process. Mm-hmm. So how does a student get pre-employment transition services? So there's a student or family member or friend right now listening and they say, yeah. well, this sounds really cool. I want to know how to access this. Yeah. And I, I want to learn more about it. Well, right. there's a couple ways. 
Um, there are school districts around the state that have programs that are called the Youth Transition Program. That's a, a VR and local school district sponsored program where it's a collaboration. And every YTP transition specialist, they are the ones who can deliver those pre-ets. So at the local school district, if you have YTP in your school district, go and talk to your transition specialist and they can hook you up to the pre-ets. Now, if you're a school district that doesn't have it, you can talk to another individual which is called the Transition Network Facilitator in your area, and uh, they can set you up with that. And then if, if you don't know who those people are, that's totally fine too. You can send a request into the email address, which is, I'm going to pass that over to Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it's pre.ets, so it's P-R-E dot E-T-S at state dot or.us. And that will go to the general mailbox. And uh, we have somebody that monitors that daily and they'll take a look at it and decide where it needs to go and what they need. And that's the whole idea is that we're like looking at it. And if that person doesn't know what to do with it, then there's a whole group of us. They just ask the question and we figure out what we need to do to help that person. Do you have a website or anything at this point or in the works? That is in the works. In the works. Awesome. But you can always, you know, just uh, go on the Internet and Google pre-employment transition services, and you're going to get a lot of information on what they are and uh, how you can access probably also that way, too. Great. So you've already said some cool things, but what, what, do you, what would you each say is the coolest thing about pre-employment transition services? So in, in my position, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about the impact that VR has in the state and the way that we're working with students. And to me, a really cool thing at that higher level is that this past year, we've been able to deliver 18,000 pre-employment transition services across the state. And the way that we've it's been able to do that, it is a lot. And, and we've been able to do that because we can now work with individuals who are not yet VR applicants. And so that's, um, that's just really cool that we're able to start working with students. We've loosened up our flexibility to be able to um, start working earlier with students and how we can work with more students. Well, and that's 18,000 services, and I assume this is not over 1,000 staff members. This is just a handful of people, yeah. I assume, delivering all those services. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right. Great. Yeah. yeah. And so they're, all they need to have is a documented disability on an IEP or a 504, be a student in a school, and they can get those services. So that's, that's why we're hitting such a broad range now of, of youth. They don't have to do that intake appointment with vocational rehabilitation to get the pre-employment services. So we have people in the schools and the youth transition programs that are helping, like Keith mentioned early, earlier. And then also there's several of us who are pre-employment transition coordinators. And we also have some specialists that are working with us now too. So um, I think to me, the most exciting part is that they are individualized. So it's different, you know, you can request an individual service and that person makes the decision about what they're wanting in those areas. You don't have to take them all. That's what we always say. You don't have to have all five of them. We can come out and just do one thing at a time and help people uh, make some decisions. It could be, you know, I just want to go visit somewhere and we can help you get into that business and take a look at it. So that's the goal. To me, that's the most exciting part about it. And then also us being able to go out and 
do whole groups um, of, of students all together in a classroom. We can do workshops. We can uh, help teachers find the curriculum maybe that uh, they're looking for in that particular area too. So Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. And flexibility to be able to get out and do it is great. So you have a student who just says, wow, I'm I'm really into computers, but I don't know how to even begin like getting into the computer industry. This is something where they could access the service and say, hey, I just want to explore it. I just maybe want to visit someplace where, you know, they do IT work and uh, and see what that's like. That's something that yep, this exactly. could help with. Yep. Yeah. So just, you know, maybe doing a little more research with that youth, not not just doing it for them. I think that's the key thing is that youth need to own those opportunities themselves also, but directing them and showing where they need to go and maybe helping them make that phone call, take a script. We write out a script together. That's what I've done with youth. And, and then just make that call and get the job shadow or the visit. Yeah, and I think um, another really cool thing I, I just thought of this is that the uh, this new law that tells us that we need to do these pre-employment transition services, they say that in that law, they say that we need to collaborate with the local school districts. So in many ways, we're not we're not going to be the transition program for students. What we're going to do is work with the school district to enhance the services that they already have. So in a lot of ways, we, through this new program, we can create better um, access for students with disabilities within their own school district through that collaboration. So that's one of the really, I think that's uh, a sort of an unintended result of this. I mean, providing the direct services and seeing these great outcomes is wonderful, but I think that we're we're really helping um, build stronger relationships between the school districts and our local VR offices. That's a that's another great outcome. And I think also what's been another positive is when we're getting out and visiting some teachers, we are able to even refer them to ideas of where they can get more training for a different class that they want to teach and possibly it would even be free and then they could deliver the pre-employment transition services to a whole group. Hmm, That's great. So I know the services are somewhat new, but do you each have some success stories or cool experiences so far from pre-employment transition services that you want to share? Well, one of the most exciting things that I have been a part of is a group class on self-advocacy and so we've helped youth do like a card sort of their strengths mm-hmm. and uh, taking that card sort, you know, writing out their strengths and then going ahead and writing like a 30 second elevator speech. How do I turn my strengths into what I can talk about myself? And then learning, you know, I have a disability. What do I need in the workplace? And it's very powerful to see, you know, from the beginning to the end of that, uh, them being able to, you know, do an elevator speech, introduce themselves, uh, shake somebody's hand. It's a whole, it's a whole little workshop. And when you see a group of youth working together with their peers from the beginning to the end, they, they just light up. They're like, wow, we, you know, it's, it's exciting. And then, um, we've also invited some employers in after that, and they've done their little, spiel to them too and and it's it's pretty exciting and the employers are really amazed and very happy and pleased to assist with that and well you know we've even had some offers of jobs through those things so oh that's great 
yeah, I mean, we there's so many different stories I wish I could tell, but one that I'm really um, impressed with is the way that some of the smaller Oregon schools have come together in this collaborative nature. In Out in Eastern Oregon, we have a transition network facilitator named Lon Thornburg who has started a program that's called the Regional Job Club. And the thought process he had behind this was that we have some very small school districts out in Eastern Oregon that have a very small uh, class size, and there's not many students with disabilities, and it's not because the school district doesn't want to provide a robust program, but it's just that they have limited resources. So Lon was able to talk to many of these different school districts and to basically come and create a collaborative project where they would all sort of um, uh, pitch in in terms of being able to either contribute towards a bus, and, and that was one of the ways the school district did this. They, they had two students, but then they had a bus that they contributed to go and pick up other students from another um, other school districts around in their area. So they, they had sort of a critical mass by having several different school districts partner, uh, partner in this. And then they went to a bunch of different employers around their area, and they were able to do uh, job shadows. They had informational interviews. They were able to have hands-on work experiences in manufacturing. And that was an opportunity where we showed smaller districts coming together, communities really rallying around these students. And it's through that collaborative nature. And it's not that the Priets did this. It's that the Priets were a, um, it was just a concept to, to gather around and really be able to uh, organize something like this. Yeah, it kind of, it helped, it kind of helped set a fire to make all this yeah. happen and get right. everyone to collaborate. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds really exciting. Keith and Tony, thank you so much for joining joining us today on the Employment First podcast. Tony, repeat that email one more time if people sure. have questions. It's pre.ets, so it's pre.ets at state.or.us. Great. Thank you very much, and thanks again for listening to the Employment First podcast. Do you work in Oregon's developmental disabilities field and need short, informative ways to stay up to date on the latest policies, trends, and news? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Policy experts, as well as case managers and vocational rehabilitation counselors, will be presenting information and news you can use.